Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. All right. Hey, everybody. How's everybody doing tonight? I can hear you. I really, really, I can hear you. That sounds great to me. I'm having a good afternoon. I'm really, I'm wide awake today. You know what? My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm trying to figure all this stuff out. I'm not going to tell you guys how old I am, okay? Because that, that would take away the magic, right? It's like magic. But I, I work nights. After I get out, get done doing this show, I'm working till 2 or 3 a.m. putting out letters to book people and do other things on Facebook and, and as you know I've been doing a lot I've been doing a lot of shorts for TikTok and Facebook and all that. So granted I have weird hours. Sometimes I don't go I don't fall asleep until because you know when you get off work and you have that burst of energy, right? So I get off work just like anybody else and then I'm up till like four, five, six in the morning and then I go to bed, right? So then I'm back up around eleven or twelve, which means I'm only getting four or five hours of sleep tonight. So granted I'm doing that. But I, I, I do nap in the afternoon because obviously I've only got like five hours sleep. But I think it catches up to me because there's days where I just sleep, right? Today, I actually slept a full seven hours, which I'm not used to doing. And then I had to do a blood test, a full workup. So I go do my blood test. I come home and suddenly I realize I'm exhausted and I'm really tired. So I thought, well, I'll just crash for an hour. Didn't even set my alarm because I figured I'd be awake. I woke up at 4.30. That's crazy. All right. So the question is, was it the blood test? Because... I ate before I went. I grabbed a couple Pop-Tarts and out the door I went. So was it the blood test? Was it the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm working these weird hours? Or, and the, don't anybody take offense to this that's older. When I, when I used to be around my mom and dad, they always went to work and came home and took a nap, you know, because you get, as you get older, you do that stuff. So I used to laugh, and, and, and when my mom was in her 50s and 60s when she was doing that, I, I would call it geezer naps. So I'm just wondering if it's, like I said, it's either the blood test in it, or, you know, the fact that I work all these weird hours, you know, and it eventually catches up to me. Or did I end up with a geezer nap today? That would be my first geezer nap. I don't know, but I don't know. I don't know if I like it. You know, I don't know. I'm into that. Just like my new contacts. You know, I tell you guys everything about my health. The store messed up and sent me a year's supply of two different types of contacts. I'm good for that, right? Well, the ones that aren't my usual brand are really, really neat to wear because they're a thinner contact, and I see just as well. So I'm enjoying them immensely. The problem with these things is they're so thin is that when I put them, because I don't know if you've never had to wear contacts, you have to put them on your uh, nasty finger. I call it nasty finger, right? On your nasty finger, pull this down and plug them in, right? Well, these things are so thin, they slide down. So I have to be really careful because what's happening is that I lost two yesterday, you know. So I've got to be really careful. But I love them because they're so thin. So I'm rotating those one month and then the other ones the other month. So it's kind of cool. But anyway, it's enough of me. Enough about me, okay? How about this? If you're watching from Facebook tonight and you like what you see, please be sure to hit that follow button if you haven't done so already. And show me some love by showing me some hearts and happy faces and, uh, you know, Fun things, okay? Because what it does is Facebook has an algorithm, and when I get those hearts and happy faces, Facebook computer or whoever it is, the you know the Facebook gods look look at my show and they move it up so it gets distributed wider. All right, it's the same thing for YouTube. 
Okay, you guys, you know, if you show me some love over there with some thumbs up hearts and happy faces, all that, they also have a they have a similar distribu distribution to Facebook. So it puts me out to more people. And you know what? It's fun. It's, it's neat because you guys are doing that. And I got my, I have more people looking at my shorts. I've got, not my short short, but my, my video shorts. You don't want to look at my shorts, believe me. Blah. Um, I got more people looking at my shorts and, and looking at these videos and the numbers are growing and it's, it's just great. It's great. So uh, if you like what you hear tonight and all that, just, you know, show me some love. All right. And the same thing goes for YouTube. If you haven't subscribed yet, I have 635 videos at YouTube and the role from this show, all different topics. I'm a journalist and photojournalist retired, and I love to get off topic and, and do something else. Like we had the Coca-Cola guy on a couple of times or kind of did the history of Coca-Cola, you know, different unique topics. I love to do unique topics and you know, they're not necessarily paranormal because of course, as a news reporter, I like doing other stuff, you know, stuff and you'll see in there that there's stories on spousal abuse and murders and, and different things like that. So if you would, and you want, and you want to check out my, my YouTube site, please do, because I took them and put them in a categorical files. I'm almost done with that. There's so many of them that, that when you go on the front page of that YouTube site, it's overwhelming because it's all one big blob. When I go to search for past guests, it gives me a headache because I have to search through that stuff just like you guys do. I have to go over and use the search engine just to find them. But now you can go by category. All right. So, for instance, if you're, if you're into Nancy Matz on Fridays, she's got her own file. If you're into UFOs and contactees, that's got its own file. Okay, so everything, you know, just any topic you can think of has its own file. And what I want you to do, and because I'm really active over there on the YouTube community page, if you find a file or a show that's out of place, like I categorized in the wrong file, let me know, and I'll put it in the right file. Okay, because I need your help to do this. It's a lot of stuff to categorize. Okay, that being said, you can find California Haunts all over Facebook. You can find me on Facebook as well. I'm Charlotte, I'm Charlotte Cosa, K-O-S-A. Find me on Facebook. You can also find me on Instagram. I'm under Ghosty Gal. It's all lowercase. You can find me, you can find us at YouTube under California Haunts. Uh, we're, we're very active on Twitter. So we're under California Haunts at Twitter. It's all lowercase. You can also find us at Twitch at Cal Haunts. And I believe we are California Haunts on Twitter. I think so. The other plus of all this is that I'm a paranormal investigator. I've owned the same paranormal team for the last 20 years. And uh, we, we investigate up and down the state of California, Nevada, Oregon, and Washington. If you have something you think might be paranormal going on in your home, you know, that could cover, and we're looking at, at cryptids, we're looking at, you know, UFO, UAPs, and all that stuff. If you have something like that going on in ghosties, of course, look us up, send us an email. And then depending on your location, we can get out within a day or two, like the same day in most cases, you know, the more local it is. The more further out it is because California is this huge state and people don't realize how much desert we actually have and how much open land we have here. Okay. So it might take us a couple of days to get you. But in that case, we have mediums on staff who can phone you and talk to you about what's going on. And they can settle this stuff down until we get out there. But we always get back to you. We always go out, whether it's on the phone or whatever, we're always going to talk with you. So uh, be sure to look us up. And like I said, you can look us up everywhere. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. Okay, that all being said, I have a seminar I'm going to be teaching on Sunday, July 8th. Oh, July 9th. The second Sunday in July, we'll just say that. Right? Yeah. Second Sunday in July. And what it is is that, you know, for those of you that are into the paranormal and into ghosts, and you don't know where to go because you know, a lot of places charge and whatnot, I know about all all the freebie places.
because that's where my team has gone over the years. So I'm doing a seminar on where you can go. You can take your family. A lot of these places have restaurants. You can eat food and then talk to the waitresses and stuff about what's going on. Or you might even get to sneak in, like take a digital voice recorder with you and do some EVP work while you're there, right? But these are free places that you can go with your families and look for ghosts, right? And it's all free. No problem. You can wander the halls and all this stuff. So I decided to do a seminar on that because there's about 20, 30 free places up and, uh, up and down my end, Northern California. And there's also some down in SoCal that we can talk about as well. But it's just stuff for you so you don't have to buy all that expensive equipment. You, know, you don't have to, if you, don't, if you don't want to go out with a ghost team, you can actually do it yourself. Because a lot of the people in these haunted locations who work in them and stuff are very willing to tell you, to tell you about their ghosts. In fact, a lot of places are proud of their ghosts. So that's a seminar I'm teaching. Go over to California Haunts uh, meetup page and sign up over there. That's where the signups are. I'm also teaching, literally teaching a class because I'm looking for investigators. I'm a very meticulous person when it comes to my investigation team and how they operate. So I have a certain way that I want people to be trained. So you're looking, if you, if you, if you join up with this, you're looking for a two-hour to three-hour training just on paper, okay? Because I go, I go over everything, equipment, how to use it, you know, how to treat clients, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's something everybody has to know. So that there's that part. Then the second part of the training is you go out and, on an investigation with the team. And then the other team members will help, help you and show you what to do. And then you're evaluated. And then we go from there, whether or not you know you, you think you're a good fit or we think you're a good fit or whatever. But it's a worthwhile course to take because, like I said, anybody that goes to the old hotels on their own, it's, it'll teach you uh, what to do when you're, on, when you're just out by yourself doing stuff. So... Uh, it's worth it. So check out California Haunts Media because that is the second Saturday in July for that class. So one's the second Saturday, one's the second Sunday. So check those out. Okay, without further ado now, let's talk about our subject tonight. I'm so excited. The Ed Gein, Ed Gein, Ed Gein I always say the name wrong, musical. Ed Gein goes back a long way. I have read uh, several books on him. Interesting person. Uh, the Silence of the Lambs, that guy was based on, on him. And for those of you that are old enough to remember, and I'm going to date myself here, Johnny Carson used to do a character on his show that was like, you know, that, that, that was like a takeoff on, on, on Mr. Gein. But I'm not an expert, never have been, but from what I've read, he's an interesting individual. I, ha and I, I haven't had a chance to see the musical yet, but I'm curious to find out about this musical, the Ed Gein musical. All right. My, first, my guest, uh, one of my guests actually lives in Wisconsin, which is where all this went down with Eddie Keen and uh, all those years ago. And I'll let him tell you about Eddie Keen himself so I don't botch up the story. But uh, it's going to be an interesting show, and I'm looking forward to it. So let me get them on. We're going to have three cameras going today, so it's going to be fun. We haven't done that in a while. So uh, my guest tonight, Dan Day, actor, actor producer Dan Davies, and crazy coroner, what is it, um, TikTok, crazy assistant coroner Donna Frankart's with us. So here we go. Hello. Uh oh, okay. Hang on. Let's see if I do something. Can't hear you. Oh, it's not me. Check your audio. Can't hear you. Audio's not working. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yes. Perfect. You I must have it. hit the mute. I'm sorry about <laughs> that. <laughs> Welcome. Let me get down up here, all right? Okay. Hello, Hi, Dan. Hello. Hi, Donna. Hi, Dan. Look at that. Look at that. We've got a three-way going. <laughs> Naughty. Meow. It's going to be one of those nights, right? Ow. 
It's going to be one of those nights. So, Dan, um, tell me about you, sir. Sure. Uh, first of all, thank you, Charlotte. Um, uh, Don and I are so excited to be on your show, and uh, it's going to be fun tonight. But I'm Dan Davies. I'm an actor, writer. I live here in Wisconsin. I live in Appleton, Wisconsin, the home of Willem Dafoe and uh, Harry Houdini, and Rocky oh, yeah. Blyer, and all kinds of people. And uh, I wrote uh, and starred in and produced a musical film called Ed Gein the Musical. And I it originally was released in 2010, and it had over 500 theatrical screenings. And wow. then it uh, was nationwide on PBS and Retro TV Network. And then we laid it to rest. And um, my musical director, Will Kaiser, about a year ago came to me and he said, I, I think we should resurrect at Gein the Musical for another theatrical run. And I said, well, I mean, we can we could see about that. So he sent the, the film out to all these distributors and we got a distributor, SRS Cinema on the West Coast, mm -hmm. out of LA and Salt Lake City. And they picked up our film and now we're in uh, limited theaters again and we're just having a lot of fun with it. It's a, it's a fun psychological treatise um, on Ed Gein and uh, people tend to like it. Fantastic. Don, crazy coroner Donna, tell me about you. <laughs> well, I am a former deputy coroner for almost nine years. And I how I ended up meeting Dan, I'll try to shorten this. I wrote a book and it's called I've Seen Dead People, Diary of a Deputy Coroner. It was published by Jongler and it's on Amazon. So uh, let's see, Dan, what was it about five or six years ago? Mm -hmm. We met through a project that we were mutually working on, uh, on a film, and um, the rest is history. So I, I'm not sure how deep you want me to get into it, but that's how I originally met Dan. And Fantastic. And for, when I first met Dan, I thought, oh, my God, he's such a fascinating character. He has so many wonderful films and he's so involved in the industry and I'd never been in the industry before. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, Oh, I'd love to be able to see how he works, you know, what that's all about. And so fast forward today to today. And it's like, Oh my God, it's hard to believe I we're friends. We work together. It's fantastic. And I was so honored. Dan had uh, asked if I would, if I would work on a novel or write a novel and, we had talked about it a little bit and I was, I was so excited. So that's how we ended up working on this project together. Fantastic. Cool. Now granted, Dan, you, you live in Wisconsin, right? So you're right mm -hmm. at the heart of all this thing with Ed Gein. What's your fascination with him? So, so my, my history literally is I have a family connection to him. So really? um, yeah, there's uh, my grandma, uh, bought all of, she was a teacher um, in Washera County. My, both my uh, grandparents were from the same county at about mm -hmm. 10 miles from where Ed Gein was from. And my father, my grandfather worked for the DNR and the fish hatchery actually, and he knew Ed Gein and he called him an odd duck. And um, so that was a connection there. My grandfather's best friend was also the arresting sheriff who arrested Ed Gein in 1957. And my grandma knew Bernice Warden, who was one of his murder victims. Oh, wow. She had Warden's hardware store. My grandma was a teacher. She would buy her teaching supplies uh, at this Warden's uh, hardware store. So mm -hmm. my connection was really, really deep to it. But about 20 some years ago, I was drinking a shit ton of beer. <laughs> and I was with one of my good friends, Ian Teal, 
from Wapaka, Wisconsin, which is, again is about 10, 15 miles from Plainfield, which is Ed right. Gein's hometown. And um, he wanted to do a documentary on Ed Gein. And I was, you know, drunk. And I said, well, wouldn't it be fun and funny if, if I did a musical about his life, call it Ed Gein the Musical? And he looked at me like I had three heads. And I knew <laughs> I was on to something. And then in 2009, uh, I started my own production company and I wrote the the script and did a lot of research on Ed Gein and that took about six months to to kind of collect all that research and we filmed it in the summer of 2009 and we uh, premiered it in 2010 and it's kind of become this uh, small cult classic and we're just having a lot of fun with it and with Donna actually writing the book which is based on the, the movie we call it Ed Gein the musical a novel so sure. it's really cool because Donna was a coroner for, for right. many years in Winnebago County in Wisconsin. So, so she's bringing in a different perspective to, to the film and to the book. So we're super excited about, uh, about the book and, and just, uh, it's July 6th, we're, it's coming out on Amazon, Renegade Press, and I'm in a, the moment it's out, I'm getting drunk. There you go. <laughs> so Donna, tell me your fascination with, with, with Mr. Gein. Um, well, First off, because as brought up, I was a former deputy coroner, so I found it fascinating to uh, research for this book because the many death, the many cases that I went on, of course, I never had any personally any cases that involved serial kill or killers. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, I take that back. There were homicides, but so I found it very fascinating to. Uh, learn about Ed Gein, the person, how he ended up becoming the way that he was and doing what he did, because there's so many factors that fall into play. And again, I would flash back to the cases that I had and the reason for they did what they did, ending someone's life or their own lives. And uh, there, like I said, there's just so many things that fall into play, like background of the upbringing, the abuse, there was mm -hmm. physical abuse, there was um, emotional, there was uh, his mom, <laughs> there yeah. was uh, sexual abuse, sexual oh, abuse. Yeah. And yeah. so he had such a and he was uh, made fun of he was ridiculed as a child, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. he had, uh, he was a quiet person. And he had a, a lisp or a yeah. He had a lisp, a lateral. He had a lisp yeah. and like a lazy eye. So he just was tormented, tormented his whole life. And then his mom was very overbearing. And so anyhow, it was just all of this putting the pieces together. It's like a puzzle, mm -hmm. like a coroner, right? You are the voice of the dead when they could no longer speak. Now, obviously, right. I'm not trying to solve the case, mm -hmm. but it was just very interesting to me that I was putting the pieces together of how he ended up becoming the way he did, my belief. And then also I found it very fascinating interviewing Dan and, and uh, finding how he dealt with making this musical, this film, and how it affected him and his history and how, you know, just everything was just very, it was a lot of fun putting it together and it was uh, very eye-opening. <laughs> Well, for people that don't know who Ed is, because there's there's people that you know, still don't know who he is, uh, could one of you explain to everybody who he is and what he did? Yeah. So to, very quickly, he is the most um, uh, instrumental 
figure in the history of horror and and the reason why the real life person in the history okay. of horror uh the the movie psycho is based on ed gein um silence of the lambs the buffalo bill character is ed gein motel hell um and the list goes on and on and on so so in 1960 when psycho came out it was really the first time you always had the, the, these monsters in films were Frankenstein and Dracula mm -hmm. and Godzilla and you know and these things but but as a the, the, it was a monster who was a human being and mm -hmm. it was one of the first movies that actually showcased uh, a monster as a human being and a human being as a monster mm -hmm. so it's it's fascinating so he was arrested in 1957 they think he murdered two people but he probably murdered three or four he would dig up the graves of recently deceased women and um, he would dance in the light of the moon with them and then take them home. And the, he might have been a necrophiliac, uh, had, maybe had sex you know, with them, uh, mm -hmm. made them into lampshades, made them into furniture. He also made a, uh, a suit uh, to wear of women's body parts. He was a sick, depraved individual. He was like the, the Babe Ruth of depravity, um, you know, and that's kind of it in a nutshell. And he's... He's the the number one, you know, guy out there. There's nobody, no living person who's, uh, you know, ever had more loosely based on and based on films about him. You know, as like I said, I've, I've read a couple of books on him. And what struck me was and it's not funny, but, you know, that's how I it's how you deal with, with this kind of you know, stuff. Yeah, gallows humor. Yeah, humor. That when he used to invite the the the, the boys in the neighborhood over to show yeah. in the house and, and he would he would be serving soup or whatever in skulls yeah literally yeah. skulls. yep yep and he he had uh yeah he, he had skulls he had um yeah it just it, whatever you could imagine he made lampshades he made furniture he made whatever he could use chili. the human yeah the leather yeah mm -hmm. he made chili uh, and the, the weird thing about it is so so my grandfather was a little bit because he worked for the dnr mm -hmm. and so when the sheriffs came and the deputies came and they said um you know ed you know, they talked about his chili. He had this world famous venison chili. But then one of the deputies said, well, Ed, did you ever get your, you know, hunting license? Because you need a hunting license to hunt deer in Wisconsin. He said, no, I've never had a hunting license. I've never killed a deer. So you wow. make the inference that this venison chili, what was the meat? Yeah. It wasn't deer. Could it be human? I mean, so, so there's all kinds of... Uh, sick sick horrible things you know he is like i said he's the babe ruth of depravity yes mm. and just like what i read donna could probably verify this from her books from her book is when the police or when the sheriff went in and they found uh was it was a warden which which one was hanging because he had one he, he was trimmed down like a, like a deer yeah, that was bernice warden okay. and she was yeah. hanging upside down she was gutted like a deer yeah you would hang a deer carcass Wow. And how yeah. old was Eddie when he got arrested? So he was born in La Crosse, Wisconsin, in I think 1906. Oh, so wow. he was about 51, 52 when he was arrested. He died at Mendota Mental Institute in Madison, Wisconsin, in 1984 when he was 78. Hmm. So he was about 50, 51 um, at that time when he was mm -hmm. arrested. And this was a guy that, even though he was odd, I mean, he would babysit people's children. Yeah. People loved him. People absolutely loved him. 
Um, he was a gentle person. When I was traveling with the film, I got to meet a lot of the nurses who worked mm -hmm. at Mendota Mental Institute, and they knew Ed Gein. And they, they said the same thing. He's so sweet. He's so kind. But every single one of them said he was an amazing dancer. And I met about half a dozen of these nurses. And they said they used to bring in like a polka band or a DJ or square mm -hmm. dance caller every Friday. And, and it, she's, people said he was just, he was like the Fred Astaire of serial killers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but he was just an amazing dancer. And which, which made a lot of sense because he was dancing with these bodies in the light of the moon. He had a lot of practice mm -hmm. with unearthing yeah. probably 40 or 50 bodies. You get to have a lot of dance lessons with a dead corpse <laughs> so you get to be pretty good so but yeah it makes me you know, it makes me think of like 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 you know, like these corpses you know this vision of remember when we were little and they had those things you could dance with and they always had little straps that you strap into your legs oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> be, that's what yeah. i get when you talk about this that's the vision i get there's some dead body and he's got you know he's got little straps on it and he's dancing <laughs> Good Lord. Good Lord. And I had just heard recently from someone whose mother uh, worked at the institution when Ed Gein was there and also said that he was very mild mannered and very quiet and very polite. But they he was, I guess you'd call low security. Is that what you call it in an institution? He was able to go out in the community to run errands, but the community community didn't know this because they didn't want to alarm wow. everyone in in that wow. area. Wow, wow, wow. Was there anything in your research, Donna, that surprised you? Uh, well, I knew of Ed Gein prior to, but I didn't know as much as I know now. I think what really surprised me was that I didn't realize that Psycho, like Dan was saying, Psycho, Silence of the Lambs. Um, uh, now I'm drawing a blank. Who? There were a few of them that yeah. they were all based Texas on. Chainsaw, Texas, Texas Chainsaw, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, Motel Hell, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Three on mm -hmm. the Hook. Yeah, there's about a 20 or 25 different films that are either uh, about or loosely based on Ed Gein. And that Hitchcock wrote psycho he bought all of the books because there was uh, a judge that wrote a book it was a judge right judge yeah, or a judge and uh so hitchcock bought all of the books so that he could make this film and the story wouldn't be out right is that correct mm -hmm. dan is my understanding yeah. so that was surprising to me i didn't know these things yeah he bought up all the books robert block who's the writer of psycho is actually mm -hmm. from wisconsin as well and he was living in Milwaukee, but he was living in a town called Wyawega, which is, again, about 20 minutes from Plainfield, when he wrote uh, Psycho. And it was essentially based on uh, Ed Gein, although they didn't bring in all the, the depravity and the, the craziness. Um, and But the, Hitchcock loved it so much, he bought up all the copies. The reason being, he didn't want to, to ha have anybody know the ending. Mm -hmm. The ending was such a surprise. You know, he kept talking about his mother and his mother was dead. You know, remember that scene that mm -hmm, dun dun mm -hmm. dun come, you know, and she's like in a rocking chair. She turns yeah, around yeah. and she's a, you know, a skeleton. Mm -hmm. um, so he didn't want that out. So what he did, he actually sent um, his designer, set designers to central Wisconsin to Plainfield. But there's nothing in Plainfield. But the biggest city to Plainfield is my hometown, which is Wapaka. 
So they mm -hmm. took photos of all these houses. So the psycho house that you see in that film is mm -hmm. based after a home in Wapaka, Wisconsin. Wow. Yeah. So they built it from scratch on the, the studio lot. And, and it's, it's exactly the same. And it's actually called the psycho house in Wapaka. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. And I was also, when I saw the musical, I was so impressed because, of course, you hear Ed, Ed Gein, a serial killer, a musical. I mean, you just can't fathom how could somebody right. make a musical. But Dan was so respectful uh, towards the decedents and how it was made. It was very uh, respectful. It wasn't making fun of anyone. It was... Uh, he brought out all of the different emotions that you believe that Ed Gein went through mm -hmm. as a human being. And so there were moments in the musical that you chuckled a little bit. There were moments that, many moments that you felt bad for him. You sympathized, you empathized with him. And then other times you think, whoa, this man was, he was a monster, but yeah. really you hate to say monster because was he a monster? That's a question. Was he, or was he just so damaged by how he was raised in his life that he psychologically, emotionally just couldn't handle it. Yeah. But I just, it was, it's a, it's a great musical. I recommend everybody see it. It's not like you think they're all, ooh, yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of story behind it and a lot of, um, a lot of emotion. Well, I can honestly say when I first heard about the musical, I was like you, and I was like, how could they possibly take this guy's life story and throw it into a musical? I, I, I couldn't I could envision my head. I have seen it. I love it. It's a funny musical. It's great. Sometimes we need a little parody in our lives. You know, sometimes, yeah. you know, yeah. sometimes it has to change, you know? Because, I mean, his story is so serious in that, like, uh, for people that don't understand, I see Marisa said that he, he's dancing, his dancing partner's role corpses. The other truth behind that is, too, is that he didn't want, like, old corpses because he, he, he yeah. didn't like the smell. He wanted yeah. fa fairly fresh, so he was watching for whoever died in town and then going yep. and then he would dig them up. Yep. Yep, that yeah. is true. And I think it was between 40 to 50 that mm -hmm. he, and it was a couple of different cemeteries within probably about a 10, 15-mile radius of Plainfield. Plainfield's a really small community, maybe two, 300 people at most that live in the community. Um, but thank you so much for the kind words about the, the film, Charlotte. That means, and Donna, thank you. That means more to me than you'll, you'll both ever know. So thank you. So now, Dan, tell me, you know, you're, you have to make this into a screenplay. So how do you, how do you go about doing that? You know, for me, I, um, I'm very fortunate, very blessed when I have an idea for uh, a movie. I almost do everything ass backwards. So I have a, the ending is already in my head and I, I go from the ending to the beginning. I don't work in a normal way, um, but it's also, I have the whole entire uh, screenplay visualized in my head even before I start typing. So it's already fully fleshed out in my brain on some level before I even um, put pen to paper or start typing. Uh, the script was about 90 pages, and I was able to, to do that in about 15, 16 days. So I was able to get the full script out in that short a time because it was already milling about my head, you know, and I already had visualized what it was going to be uh, all about. 
So, so, but the research was important to me. I wanted it to be as true to life as possible. And, and like Donna said, I didn't want it to, uh, to make fun or make light of the, um, the deceased. I didn't want to make fun of um, his, if, if he did have, a, well, he obviously had a mental illness. I didn't want to make, make light of that. Um, I didn't, but I wanted to showcase the physical abuse that he had every day with his dad and the sexual abuse. And with that, those two ingredients, you throw that into a pot for, that's a recipe for a monster. So mm -hmm. like Donna said, it, was, he, was he born this way or w was it uh, society and the family and, and all the crap he had to deal with his whole entire life maybe turned him this way? So I don't know which way, but, um, but yeah, it was, it, was, it was interesting too because the research was pretty, pretty intense, pretty mm -hmm. intense. Yeah, Donna. You know, I've been writing your book now. Do you, do you suspect that he killed his brother? I do. Okay. I just my opinion. I it just. Um, do you? I do. I think he did too. Yeah. I think yeah. Yeah. That's. I think it was because he wanted the divided attention of his mother. Yep. I, I, right. Amen. I, I, I truly believe that he had a gigantic uh, lump on the back of his head. They kept asking, well, where the hell did this come from? Oh, when he got, you know, exhumed from the, you know, the, the fire, because it was, they would do controlled burns. Um, they used to do this for years. Uh, that's how they would enrich the soil. You, you'd burn the, the, you know, the land, but it was a control burn and they were really good at it. And mm -hmm. so it was just, it, it, it boggles my mind that somebody had been doing it for 20, 30 years all of a sudden they you know what is it called hypoxia or whatever where your mm -hmm. lack of oxygen or whatever and you pass out now that could have happened but mm -hmm. i just think it was almost like i think he took a shovel to the back of his brother's head and smacked him yeah and then blamed it on the fire yeah okay. so uh, you talked earlier you talked earlier about you know the response you got from different people for this what about the lo the local people in that area? I mean, there's still got to be relatives of like Bernice Warden there and whatnot. You know, um, yet it's been 66 years since yeah. he was arrested. So, you know, if if anyone that would remember 1957, if they were let's say 13, 14 mm -hmm. at that time, they'd be 80, you know, years old. And I'm not I'm not saying that there aren't people right. that are still alive that that were affected by it. But I, I always tell people, unless Plainfield has the next president or the next major league baseball player who's an all-star, they're right. going to be known as the home of Ed Gein. Yeah. That's just something they can't escape. And is it, is it right that they're – is it correct? Is it good that they're known as the home of Ed Gein? No, it's not. But then again, if they don't you know, birth a president or a – NFL quarterback <laughs> known as the home of Ed Gein. So, but I, I again, I we didn't make light of. We changed the names two of the victims. We didn't. Mm -hmm. um, I just I didn't want to make light of that situation. And I think when people see the film, they they would come up to me and say, "Thank you for handling it, handling it the way that you did." Um, mm -hmm. Was are, are there some controversial things in the film? Oh hell yeah. <laughs> um, but but people that were from that area came up to me and said, "No, you you handled it with at least a modicum of grace, and and we thank you for it." So, 
Mm-hmm. How long did it take you from start to finish, from, from from when you wrote the screenplay to make it into a film? So, so we couldn't film in Plainfield for obvious okay. reasons, uh, but we we filmed in a small town near Oshkosh, Wisconsin, called Amro, and the people there, one gentleman, Scott Jorgensen, what a gentleman, he let us use his house. Now he's a collector of 1950s memorabilia, so his whole entire house is decked out like it's 1955 everything in his house and he's a collector and he's a uh, a costume designer as well so his house fit the bill and he even let us <laughs> uh dig a, a grave in his backyard <laughs> so wow he was, he was just amazing he was one of the but so so uh but but your question is start to finish it was yeah. probably six months in total from from writing the screenplay to doing pre-production to filming to editing about yeah six months and what was the reaction i mean the people that came to audition for the parts what what, what was their reasoning and, and, and you know that, that kind of thing uh, you know we had we had a lot of uh, we had a, a theatrical group up in green bay home of the packers go pack go um and and barb alloy who is a a a very kind of locally famous a choreographer and acting coach and she got together a lot of the actors for some of the scenes uh people you know for for some of the roles though for the the sheriff will uh clifford henry uh was a friend of mine and he he was just such a good uh gentleman he was he was like a, a lump of clay i could i could mold him to get the response that I wanted out of him, but he was also a good actor. So, so people were excited about it because they would read the script and they go, well, this isn't bad at all. You're actually kind of showcasing his mental illness and you're not making fun of things. I want to be a part of it. And then we paid people essentially in shit tons of pizza and beer. (laughs) And in Wisconsin, that's perfect. That's currency. That's a cheese pizza, an extra cheese pizza, and uh, and lots of beer is currency in Wisconsin. Um, (laughs) But, I mean, people loved it because we always had a convival atmosphere as well. So we'd work really hard filming, and then we'd say, hey, everybody, we're going for pizza, red wine, and beer, and it's on me. (laughs) (laughs) This is great. Uh, But we did it in a safe manner. You know, we didn't have people drink and drive, and we were very cautious about those things. But it, but the the camaraderie was was great, you know, and and people were just they were absolutely wonderful. Uh, there wasn't an a hole amongst them, other than me. You know? <laughs> Do we mention that we went to Plainfield recently, Dan? Go for it. Oh oh, Charlotte. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> you you know, you're gonna freak out, Charlotte. She's gonna so, love this part. <laughs> so um, Heather and Greg from Wendigo Paranormal, and they're uh, professional paranormal um, enthusiasts and have all the equipment and the EVPs and the divining rods and the whole works. And yeah, and they were doing all these things and they were trying to get in contact with Ed Gein to ask him one question because you you even asked this one question. How do you pronounce his last name? Is it Gein or Gein? Okay. And so, so she, for years, she kept asking the ether, the spirit world, if, if Ed could show himself and, and at least say, how do you pronounce your last name? So he, we were doing all these things and I had the divining rods and, and they were moving like crazy with me. But all of a sudden I got, um, I felt a, a presence in mm-hmm. front of me 
it was palpable and it made my heart like arrhythmia it my heart started to quicken and almost like skip beats and i'm like what the hell is this and i handed um heather the divining rods i mm -hmm. said i, I got to get the hell out of here and so she had set the evp up and in that moment she said ed gein we're going to ask you a question ed how do you pronounce your last name and clear as day on the evp he says gein wow yeah that's cool and we're <laughs> So we're going to have that as part of a, a link on, in the Kindle version and in the book to so people could hear that, which is really, really, really cool. That is and, awesome. Uh, I see Heather's in the chat room. And Heather actually, Heather and Greg actually have some of Ed Gein's paraphernalia. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, yeah. A knife. Was it a knife? A knife. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So, and, and, and the reason why we were there was um, there was a gentleman, um, what's his name, Vince? Vin. Vince. Uh, Vern. 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 <laughs> Vern, super nice guy, Vern, from yeah. that Washera County. And he's an excavator. And as he was doing it, he excavated a 22 uh, pistol. And it was, it was buried along with uh, women's clothing and shoes. So while he was doing this, the gentleman came out and said, oh, that's weird that you found that. You know, Ed Gein used to work here in this farm in the 30s and 40s. Wow. So, you know, could, could it knows? be another, you know, because there were, there were these, there's about five or six unsolved murders. And, and mm -hmm. Donna brings it up in the book as well, that mm -hmm. have all the earmarks of Ed Gein. Ed Gein, I'm up dollars to donuts, 90% sure that he is the one who murdered these women. They were all women. They were it just, it had the same MO all the way throughout. So, so we had a great time with that, but that's going to be part of, you know, the book and part of um, the Wendigo Paranormal on their website. So people can actually hear Ed Gein pronounce his last name. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Tell me about the music now, because it's a musical. So tell me how you were able to do that. Did you have somebody else write for you, or how that so, worked? So, so I, I wrote the lyrics, but I, you know, a good song is like poetry. So, mm -hmm. you know, so I just started writing kind of basically poetry, and then I would have an idea of what the song was going to be. I'd, I'd hum it a little bit. Well, but I, I, I don't know how to write music. I don't have a music background, music degree. I sang a little in high school, but one day there was this long haired dude. I thought he was homeless was in front of my uh, <laughs> um, office. He had real greasy hair. And, and I'm like, I, I should ask him in for a coffee or a sandwich or whatever. He mm -hmm. looks kind of lost. So I go, Hey, <laughs> sir, are you, uh, what are you doing? Do you want a, a sandwich or coffee? He's like, Oh, that'd be great. So he comes in, <laughs> he's not homeless. He's a music director. <laughs> He's uh, he's got a degree was came up just from Nashville. He and his wife, ex-wife were living in Nashville mm -hmm. and he had just moved back to the area and he was looking at drumming up business and he had a music background. He plays like eight different instruments. He writes songs. He's a music producer. And he and I said, holy crap, dude. I said, I'm, I'm doing a musical, but I don't know what I'm doing. And I said, I need somebody to help create the music, you know, because I have no idea. And he said, well, let me look at the, the screenplay and then I'll, I'll come back in a few days. And he came back in a few days. His hair wasn't as greasy as it was two, three, two three days ago <laughs> or prior. And he said, Hex, hell to the yeah, I'm going to do this. And he, Will Kaiser became our music director. 
and he was super, super talented and, and really helped me because I would say this is a country Western song in the vein of Hank Williams. So I, I would start to hum it. I go, it's such a lonely reeling. It's such a lovely reeling. And he, he'd stop me. He goes, I got it. I got it. And he'd go into a studio and craft the music just for wow. me kind of humming crap. You know, and he 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 picked up on it just like that, and I I enjoy the music in it. I mean, is it is it Oscar Oscar Hammerstein or whatever? Uh, you know, uh, is it Oscar and Hammerstein or is it Oscar Hammerstein? I can't remember. I don't uh, know. But it's it's not it's not Broadway quality, but you know right. it ain't bad. <laughs> right, right, right. And you know, Donna, you know, as far as writing the book, how long how long did it take you to research? Because there's a lot of information out there about him. You know, I was thinking about that when you were asking Dan how long it took him for uh, putting the musical together. I don't know what would you say about. I've got to think here. Okay. About six months. Okay. Dan, or was it longer? Six, seven, eight months, yeah. probably. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't bad, but yes, there was just <laughs> so much research, and then of course, watching the musical over and over and over and replaying it because i wanted to i didn't want to miss anything just you know it, right, uh, right 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 and how was, long okay go, go ahead I'm I'm sorry. Sorry about that. oh i was just gonna say there was you it was like you'd go down a rabbit hole something else i'd find out about ed gein and then something else and then it'd go off on a tangent in the book writing uh my thoughts from my perspective and then i'd have to and as a former deputy coroner and then i'd have to reel myself in you know try to keep it from getting too gory mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so yeah it was it was fun putting it together it was interesting I, fun I it was enjoyable putting yeah. together writing i can imagine so uh dan you go into you start getting people to act in this thing how i mean when, when you put the word out that you needed actors for this particular play how was the response well you know some of them thought it was an april fool's joke because mm -hmm. to be honest with you i think we actually coincidentally i think one of our first calls out on the internet actually was april 1 2009 <laughs> So somebody yeah. thought, you know, bad timing and thought it was just a joke until they went a little bit further. And I would talk to them on the phone or meet them in our studio, in our uh, production office, and just to see where they were landing at, you know, wanted them to have an open mind. I, I, I also said, I want to make a film that's not too gory. I don't want over sex scenes. I don't want anything sexual. Uh, I don't want any swear words. And I want it to be a horror film without all the gore and the, the sex and the, you know, a lot of swear words. Mm -hmm. um, and people were like, well, that's refreshing. And I thought, well, at least I got you know, them a little bit, you know, um, on my side. And then they'd read the script. And it was always after they read the script, they were like, uh, count me in. This is unique. This is weird. This is, uh, but it's respectful. And, mm -hmm. and that's what it was important for me to keep that i guess respectful uh sheen to it you know as much as you can with ed gein you know? well when you're looking at the people that are auditioning I, do, were you going for a certain look as far as as far as eddie went um i i strictly went for talent like you know i play you know ed gein uh in the film and i'm like 6'1 240 and there's 
he was right. a little wee person, like maybe five, seven, maybe 135 right. pounds soaking wet. So I don't fit kind of that, but I didn't care. I, you know, because <laughs> uh, I wanted to star my own damn movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I wasn't really looking for a look per se. So some of the actors, um, and I, I use the word actor. I think we should now just call male and female instead of actors, actresses. I just call everyone actors, be sure. it male or female. All sure. the act. Some of the actors though fit the role perfectly. Um, it, this gal came in, and I'm like, oh my god, there's Bernice Warden, you know, and and so so there was a look. But more so just I wanted the passion. I wanted, you know, obviously talent. But I, I have a really good um, working relationship with actors. And okay. for some reason, I'm able to get a halfway decent performance out of people because I can deconstruct it in, in, their, in their verbiage, in their language, and say, this is what you're thinking of right now. And, this is, and then I would work with them so the, the emotions were there and they were emotively you know, correct when we did the, the acting. So, but I, yeah, just, it was people, I wanted enthusiasm, you know, was the biggest thing. I'm fascinated by this. I mean, you know, not, not everybody turns something like that into a musical. Yeah. That's what makes it so unique. And like I said, when I first heard about it, I thought, oh my God, what are they trying to do? You know, because, because of the subject matter. But, yeah. I, I, but once I watched it, you did a great job. I mean, it's, it's a Thank great delivery you. on all that because I, Thank you. I just, I just totally had it, you know, pre-cogs as, as to what I thought it was going to be. It's completely yeah. Different. Yeah. And, and that's, thank you, by the way, that's a great compliment. I, I you know, and I did want to, to showcase his, the mental illness, showcase that melancholy or sadness or depression that he did have. I wanted to, to showcase all those things um, in, in my performance. But I also kind of, every, if you, in the film, all of the music is in his head. There mm -hmm. is, and there's only one time that he sings out loud and the sheriff smacks him upside the head and says, what the hell are you doing? And then Ed looks into the camera and goes, well, it's a musical, isn't it? You know, so he breaks the fourth wall. So, but, but all of the music is in his head. And, and I came up with that because for years as a little kid, there was this like this memory or this um, idea that he had unearthed these, these dead brides, basically, and would dance in the light of the moon with them. Well, in order to dance, you got to have music. So, and it would be in his head because this is way before boom boxes and things like that, 1957. So all the music is constructed within his psyche, within his brain. And, um, but I'm glad you, you liked it a lot. So thank you again. <laughs> now, do you guys think that, you know, the issues that he had, you know, he was getting these women's bodies. Was he trying to uh, recreate his mother? Or like you say, it, it was a bride thing. I think both, Donna. Think? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say I, both. He missed even though his mother was so uh, abusive emotionally, psychologically, um, he adored her. Yeah. But, and that's the thing, um, and I'm not obviously a psychologist or a right. psychiatrist, but I understand that, you know, children that can be abused, they still look up to their father figure, their mother figure, even though they've been abused. And mm -hmm. um, he, he missed her when she was gone. I mean, he lived with her his whole life and she was so overbearing over him and yet he also she was always telling the boys that uh, women were evil and to stay away from women and females and um, so he never had a girlfriend 
And so it was a little bit of both. He missed his mother. He probably wanted to be with a female, finally, you know, in his yeah. lifetime. And so, yeah, I believe it was both. Yeah, and I think so too. It's like he, when his mom died, and I think it was 1945, mm -hmm. um, then he was just utterly alone uh, on the mm -hmm. farm. So his, his father died, mother, his brother was gone. So he, there was that, that loneliness and, and that recluse type of a lifestyle that didn't, um, that fostered maybe those uh, disassociative behaviors and, and psychoses. And um, yeah, he missed his mom, but he probably would have liked to have gone out on a real date yeah. and, you know, and, and actually had a girlfriend, but, but he was such a misfit um, and probably very socially awkward on top of it that he didn't get that opportunity. And the, the, the dead, you know, bodies, the dead brides were submissive. Uh, they couldn't make fun of him. They couldn't make fun of his lisp or his eye or yeah. his poverty or anything like that. And they were uh pliable and they were his no. <laughs> <laughs> and what is that dan such a lonely feeling yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, <laughs> bad. so I, I wanted it to be like he was fishing for these women right. um that kind of metaphor behind it but yeah he missed his mom and and there, there, there's some people that said too that he wanted to be maybe a female and that's why he created these yeah. uh you know breasts you know, vests and, and nipple belts and all kinds of crazy things. So there was all kinds of uh, sad, um, you know, psychoses with him, you know, a bunch, mm -hmm. just not one or two, but many. And he had magazines. Did he, he had, he had ma magazines that talk about the Nazis and, and how, how they yeah. making these flashlights and stuff. I've got, I've got it right here. So, so this is the shock, the suspense stories that were in the 50s were considered uh shocking graphic mm -hmm. violent and were like soft core um por porn basically pornographic mm -hmm. and he had these you know little you know weird little um and we showcase that's actually from the film mm -hmm. so um so yeah he he uh you know and he he probably his his alter egos that i kind of created in the film would have been taken from all of these magazines and and uh comic strips and, and things like that that he read well it brings back a memory from reading i feel like i don't know if i read the judge's book or who i read but it brings back a memory because he was in the shrunken heads yep. he, was in the, 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 he was into making you know the skin and the stuff but it brings back the memory when he would have the the, the local little boys over or younger boys because he wanted to show off his his shrunken head collection yeah 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 he basically said that um, he had an uncle who was in World War II and, mm -hmm. and said that he had gotten it in Southeast Asia or, or Japan or wherever, um, or the islands um, in the Asian uh, Pacific theater, but mm -hmm. they were probably his own doing, mm -hmm. you know, his own, you know, dead bodies that he had and he found a way to shrink them. So, yeah, that was pretty weird. In the film, we kind of showcase that as right. well would put him in um, old coffee cans and then and then bring them out but uh yeah he there was just a lot of yeah just you know I, in the history of mankind there hasn't been another killer quite like him i mean dahmer another was yeah wisconsin, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're we have you know uh come to wisconsin you're among fiends 
Um, it used to be you're among friends, but um, <laughs> I can't even imagine walking into that home with all of the body parts and the decomposition mm. right. and. Right. Uh, you just reminded me of where I was reading where there was, they had said that he might have been a necrophiliac. However, he said he never was because he didn't like the smell. Uh-oh. Well, I can't even imagine being in a home with uh, bodies like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, living I, in those I, I find it hard. If, if you're able to do all these other things, what's stopping you? Why do you have yeah. all of a sudden morals? Well, I killed them and made them into breast vests and nipple belts, but I don't have sex with them. At least I got that going for me. I'm very respectful. No, you killed them. You're making them into furniture. Nope, but I didn't have sex with them. At least, again, at least I got that going. I did not have sex with that woman. Yeah. I did not have the, the oh! with, with that dead woman. I had no relations. Oh, shoot. And this isn't oh. beer. This is water. There we go. Yes. <laughs> it but, just amazes me because the town being as small as it was, yeah. When people started disappearing and these corpses were starting to disappear, it's amazing nobody was able to figure it out. But how would they know, though, if he was digging yeah. up the bodies at night and yep. probably putting the dirt back over them? They didn't know he had these bodies. Yeah. And remember, they were recently buried, so the, right. the gravel or the uh, would be loose, you know, the, the mud or the, yeah, right. the, the sand or whatever. Yeah, it would be yeah. pretty loose. Would be um, yeah yeah you just went for the fresh ones um <laughs> but yeah and he did that in one night you'd have to do it under the cloak of darkness mm-hmm. so um there were always rumors that he might have had a helper um that helped him with these things another kind of sick depraved person mm-hmm. that would you know and uh because that he'd have to dig him up open it and then take out a 120 130 140 pound body you know and he's he himself is 130 pounds you know i mean how do you do that i think back to when i was a deputy coroner and i helped to remove many bodies and when you've got and i mean this in a very respectful way when you've got dead weight uh and and you're pulling out of a six foot grave yeah how do you You, do that by yourself it's yeah unless you had a helper yeah right absolutely you know i mean i've experienced from taking care of my mother you know the yeah. times that she didn't want to yeah push push up to help me and i'd have to lift her she was only 120 pounds i could just barely that's, lift her yeah that's a lot of dead weight is is a lot of weight oh, and yeah. and i just i don't understand you know there always that rumor that he had a helper and mm-hmm. even the town said well there was this guy that was would always hang with him it was he was as crazy as ed was remember, mm-hmm. uh, remember that that donna that one gentleman um yes when we were there he said um, that there was a, a potential that he had a helper with him but that yes. was never proven and he never said it you know but i think he might have had it because yeah that would be although the local folks yeah the local that folks there, think that yeah. there was yeah simony that was helping them but yeah i just i'm so excited to be you know when when i kind of approached donna and i said donna would you write a book about edgeen the musical and she said Fuck no. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. 
Uh, I can swear, right, Charlotte? Oh, yeah, too late. Yeah. Oh, too late now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so no, she was really excited. I was like, you oh, are? Yes. Oh, oh, my God. And I said, I don't really leave it up to you. It's an homage to the film, but you get as crazy, you get as creative. You bring in your 10 years of being a coroner. You bring your forensic background. You bring your paranormal background. You bring all of these things to the fore in that book. And and I'm 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 I love it. It's it's a really good book. And um, thank you, Dan. It really is. It in it's enjoyable, and I I really love it. And it's not because I mentioned every other. You know, right, 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 right. <laughs> thank you. It's a little bit of this, and a little and bit a of, lot that. of that. A yeah, lot of that. A lot of that. A lot of that. Well, you guys are you're right. You know about his size because when you think about it. And the bodies are sitting, I mean, literally yeah. six feet, where he's going to have to dig through all that to begin with. That's exhausting work. You bet. Uh, yeah. In one night, you yeah. have to do that after working his farm yeah, the whole entire day. Plus, he was a day laborer at other farms. Uh -huh. So to make ends meet, he'd have to do that because his farming skills weren't that uh, real good, I guess. So working a full day and then at night exhuming 40, 50 um, you know, graves. They did when when uh, the sheriff asked him, he said, who who can who did you dig up? And he mentioned a couple of names and all the, uh, the sheriff and some of the deputies went out there and dug it up and there was nobody in the grave. And then they took him at his word. They weren't going to go all 40 or 50 of them right. because they thought, why? You know, their, their souls are in, you know, in the ether in heaven or, wh or wherever, hopefully he heaven. Right. Um, so, and, and, and why would you want to do that? Like you knock on the neighbor's door and it's a sheriff and like, hello, Sheriff, uh, Murdy, how are you? I'm doing fine. I've got good news and bad news. <laughs> oh, um, what's the, uh, what's the good news? Uh, well, your, uh, mom tasted great in the chili. Like, what? <laughs> what's the bad news? Yeah. She's in the chili. Yeah. She, uh, Ed, Ed, uh, exhumed her body and did unseemly, ungodly things to it. You wouldn't, you just wouldn't want to do that. Why would yeah. you want to, you know, go yeah. to, the, you know, so they took him at his word, 40 to 50 bodies. Wow. That's a lot of bodies. So what's next for you with this? Well, we have a July 6th, we're having a get together on in Appleton, Wisconsin at McFleshman's Brewing Company. It's this really cool microbrewery in Appleton, Wisconsin. And Donna is going to read a couple of chapters from the book. Cool. And we're also going to do a free Kindle giveaway to anyone who wants a free Kindle version of the book on July 6th. Go on to Amazon, Ed Gein, the musical, a novel. They get to get it for free. Um, for a day or two, we're going to have that special. Um, and we're just going to have fun uh, that day, July 6th. And, and, and we're just excited, you know, all the way around. And I, I've got a couple more films coming out and, and just, you know, very, very fortunate. Where can people see the movie? So um, let's see how it's available through SRS Cinema. But it's on uh, Amazon, Amazon Prime. Uh, Tubi, I think. She's cool. uh, there's a bunch of different streaming services, but if you look up Ed Gein the musical um, in quotation marks, it'll it'll get you to those um, um, you know Vimeo. There's 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 some uh, free sites. There's some buck ninety nine to to buy it or rent it or whatever, 
but uh, there are many different streaming platforms that it's on. I, I just can't remember offhand because I'm hungover. <laughs> that works. So how can people find you guys? Well, go to Renegade Press Publisher. Okay. Dot okay. com. It's renegadepresspublisher.com. It'll have some of my uh, other books that, that I publish. Uh, Music on the Bones is one, and then Havana Hangover is another, and then Sam Johnson's A Forest Dark, and we have Donna Frank Hart's uh, Ed Gein, the Musical and Novel, and that'll kind of steer you to the Amazon link starting July 6th, and uh, we're just going to have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, we're having fun. All right. Don, uh, do you have a website? Any of you guys? What's yours? Uh, your website. I don't have a website. I'm okay. on Facebook. I'm on Tiki Taki under uh, Deputy Donna Crazy Corner. I'm on Instagram just under Deputy Donna. Cool. Yeah, and just I guess my Instagram is Danny Davies, and my Facebook is just under Dan Davies. Um, my Wikipedia is Dan Davies. Um, and then renegadepresspublisher.com is kind of uh, gives a little bit of my background, my bio, sure. and then the books that are available. And I was going to say something like funny, like my TikTok, you know, username is nude from the waist down. Me <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Oh boy! But, but I'm going to do TikTok one of these days with Donna. Oh. Donna Donna's going to show me how to do that stuff. TikTok's fun. I yeah. do a lot of content on there. Yes, she does a lot of content. Yeah. I think she does yeah. more content than I do. Yeah, I've really got to start know. doing that. We'll we'll start to we'll do that with the book, Ed Gein the Musical. Yes, we should. Yeah, TikTok stuff. Charlotte, you're awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming Thank on. I really appreciate it. I'd like to touch base with you guys again at some point. Would love that. Yeah, I'd love to be on your show again. And just yeah. for your, your your audience, I'm not wearing pants. Oh, <laughs> I am. Oh, and by the way, I took a geezer nap tonight. There you go. Geezer nap. <laughs> the older we get, the more we become geezers. Remember that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having us, Charlotte. Well, thank I you for coming on. I appreciate time. it. And uh, yeah, we'll touch base. Definitely with Dan and you. Keep in touch. All right. Thank you, Charlotte. Sounds great. Right, thank th you. All right. Have yeah. a good one. Bye. Okay, that was really cool. That was really fun. You know, I've been, uh, I, I love to read True Life mags anyway, or True, True Life books. And, and again, I, I still have the book. I still have the original book. I'm going to have to read Donna's when it comes out, of course. And talking about this thing, I saw this musical last night. Great job. Great job all the way around. Great job. Tomorrow, we're shifting gears a little bit. Um, Shannon Taggart is going to be with us. And Shannon Taggart takes some unique spiritual photography. And I actually have some, some photos to share with you of hers tomorrow. And uh, hang on, I got this stuff on my. There we go. Ah, okay. So something was biting me. Who knows? Um, so she's going to be with us tomorrow, 6 uh, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. I'm looking forward to talking to her because, as a paranormal investigator and a photographer, I generally responsible for photos uh, when I'm on cases. And some of the photos that she's got are similar to some stuff that I've taken over the years. But she uses different techniques to do it. Where I use the ITC, you know, the majority of what we get, what we pick up is with ITC water technique, where you put down the black pan and put a bright light on it, and the psychic or somebody stirs it, asks questions, and the faces will appear. But you have to take photos of it with a flash while this is all going on. 
and then they're, they're they're only about an inch tall so to go through them to go through them is very meticulous process but uh, with, uh the team my team has come up with some really really interesting face faces and stuff and one you know and a couple of them had linked directly to people that had lived in these properties you know earlier so i'm really excited to have um shannon on tomorrow because like i said she uses a totally different technique from what i do so uh be sure to check us out tomorrow 6 30 p.m again if you liked everything you're watching from facebook show me show, show me some love thumbs up happy faces hearts all that good stuff same thing with youtube and if you haven't uh signed up already sign up to be a subscriber on youtube it doesn't cost nothing right just like facebook to follow again I'm, i am uh, doing that seminar on haunted locations in california that you can visit with your family and it's free so uh, check that out that'll be the second week of july it's a sunday and i'm also uh, looking for investigators so i'm teaching a very heavy duty ghost hunting 101 class that leads into an investigation and and possible membership in my team okay all right so that's enough said if you like the show share it with five people if you hated the show share it with five of your enemies we're equal opportunity here at california haunts radio we're just trying to get the word out of our little show and it's working you know every person you pass to boom 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 it gets us more viewers okay all right well i will see you guys tomorrow at 6 30 p.m pacific have a great evening whoop you know what you know last night i forgot to do this too hang on a second i'm getting ahead of myself guys let me get in here I did this last night too. I didn't do the sign off today. See, I got way ahead of myself. Okay, here we go. Now, have a great evening, you guys. Let me push the proper buttons. Good grief.